Chapter sixty three of the Giraffe Hunters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Giles, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Giraffe Hunters by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter sixty three The Dutchman's Fireside. A few more days' journey brought them into a neighborhood inhabited by several Dutch boars. They were now traveling upon a track dignified by the name of road, which only benefited them so far as between the rivers it conducted them without difficulty from one crossing-place to another. For the first time in several months they saw fields under cultivation by white labor, and were able to procure a substance called bread. One evening, as they were preparing to encamp near the habitation of a well-to-do appearing boar, they received an invitation from the proprietor to make his house their home for the night. A heavy cold rain had been falling most part of the day, and to all appearance the weather would be no better during the night. The invitation was gladly accepted, and the travelers, grouped around the wide hearth of the boar's kitchen fire, were enjoying that sense of happiness we all feel to a greater or less extent when perfectly secure from a storm herd raging without. The horses and cattle had been driven under large sheds. The young giraffes were secured in place by themselves. Congo, Swartboy, and the Mokololo were in a hut nearby, with some hottentot servants of the Las Boer. Their host was a free-hearted, cheerful sort of fellow, only too thankful that circumstances had given him some guests to entertain him. His tobacco was of the best quality, and the supply of Cape Smoke, the native peach brandy, was apparently unlimited. According to his own account, he had been a hunter during his youth, and there was nothing he liked better than to relate incidents of his own adventures in the chase, or to listen to the tales of others. The only fault he had to find with our heroes was that they were too moderate in the use of his cape smoke. He was a convivial man, one who knew of nothing better to do after a long day's work than getting what is termed jolly, in the company of friends. He did not care to imbibe alone, and he declared that nothing looked worse than that, except to see a man drinking too often in the presence of others, when they refused to do justice to his generosity. According to his own account, he had been hard at work on his farm throughout all that day, and in the rain. Why, then, should he not cheer himself after such protracted exposure? The smoke was the very thing to do it. His guests were welcome to the best his house could afford, and all the compensation he would ask in return for his hospitality would be the satisfaction of seeing them make themselves at home. On the part of the boar there was a strong determination to make his guests intoxicated, but this was not observed by them. They only believed that his hospitality was pushed a little too far, so much so as to be rather annoying but this was a fault they had observed in many who were only trying to put on their best behavior and considering its unselfishness it could be readily excused notwithstanding the many hardships groot willem and his companions had endured in their various excursions they had never deemed it necessary to use ardent spirits to excess and the frequent and earnest entreaties of the boar backed by his fat and rather good-looking brow could not induce them to depart from their usual practice of abstemiousness. The boar pretended to be sorry at his inability to entertain his youthful guests. Notwithstanding his assertions to the contrary, however, 
the hunters passed a long and pleasant evening by his fireside the supper provided for them as well as everything else except some of their host's hunting stories was very good it was so seldom that the man had an opportunity of entertaining guests that it seemed ingratitude on their part to deprive him of the pleasure he enjoyed and yielding to his solicitations they did not retire until a late hour but there had been one chapter in the conversation of the evening to which none of our adventurers listened with much pleasure it was a statement made by the boer after he had partaken of several glasses of the smoke ish shari you go get the money for the two camels said he mine two brudders and mine brow's brudder stand chance to lose it now ish ver sorry for them you know on further conversation it was discovered that his two brothers and a brother of his wife had left for the north seven months before on a hunting excursion their principal object being to procure the two young giraffes for which the reward of five hundred pounds had been offered they were to visit the country of the bakwans and had taken with them a native servant who belonged to that tribe their return was hourly expected and had been so for more than a month though nothing had been heard of them since their departure it was but natural that the boer should prefer that his own kinsmen might obtain the reward instead of a party of strangers and his having so candidly expressed his regrets in that regard was rather a circumstance in his favor his guests ascribed it to his open straightforward manner made a little more free by application of the smoke it was not until an old dutch clock in the corner of the kitchen had struck two that the young men who pleaded their fatigue after a long day's march were allowed to retire to their beds they were shown into a large room where a good soft couch had been prepared for each of them their arduous journeying seemed nearly over for they had reached a place where people slept with their faces screened from the faint light of the stars and without depending on the nature of the earth beneath them for the quality of their couch End of chapter sixty three recording by dion jones salt lake city utah